Welcome to Lacrosse and Sport, the podcast for the fastest game on two feet and America's fastest growing sport. Here are your hosts, Roger Welton and Steve Jordan. Of Lacrosse and Sport coming to you with my brother from another co host from California. Hello, Steve. Hey, what's going on, Raj? And Lats Lovers. It's uh, great to be with you tonight. <laughs> yeah, man, it's a pleasure. I'm so glad we've been able to connect and do this on a weekly basis, actually, uh, in the past few weeks. It's pretty awesome. Great to connect with you again. I'm going um, to be doing a little bit of venting tonight, and I'd like to get your perspective also on the topic at hand from, you know, the perspective of a former athlete yourself and uh, also from the perspective of uh, a guy who has experience with training uh, young athletes, and uh, the, the main topic at hand, because it's been sticking in my craw this season, it's been particularly difficult, is you know these parents that come to you with a desire for their child to play up an age division. Um, this primarily is an issue at the youth level, you know, like the, sort of the um, 10U through 14U, so like third, let's say let's say second second to eighth grade. Um, High school level, it's a little bit different because, you know, you got some of these guys who are man children that, you know, the, the level of maturity at that point, it's, it's very, very different from, like, comparing a sixth grader to an eighth grader, so to speak. So, um, you know, but the, the, the main issue is that there's there's a lot of reasons that our club actually does not allow it um, unless there's very specific reasons. And um, I just wanted to get your sort of initial take on what your position is just as a personal trainer yeah i mean so let's say like you're training, line, you're, tra- you're training a kid let's yeah. say and mm-hmm. and the father so it's usually the dads <laughs> uh come up mm-hmm. to you and say hey you know uh junior isn't being challenged enough he's dominating he's getting nothing out of this uh i, I really want him to play up a division what say you okay um you know first i would I would create empathy and um, just try to build a, a, a positive rapport and experience and conversation with him uh, and say, you know, sir, I, I can understand and appreciate where you are coming from. And I think that you could be right. And, you know, and in my opinion, you know, I think that, you know, your junior could do well in a, another division. However, we have rules and regulations and guidelines that are set in place, not necessarily by me or the coaches, but by, by the organizations and by the lacrosse community nationwide to have this in place so that we don't have to manage this and we don't have to deal with it. And we can have more focus and put our energy in places where we can get Everybody, everybody's satisfied because if I do this for you and make an exception for you, then I have to make an exception for somebody else and then it's somebody else and then it's somebody else. And before you know it, I'm now managing something completely else and expending my energy in another area where I could be really coaching your kids at the best level and putting that attention and energy into that. And, you know, sport is really about not just winning and competing and excelling, but it's also about creating community and building uh, peer socialization. And when somebody's playing outside of their 
their league or age bracket, they're playing with kids they probably don't know, um, kids that are more mature in more ways than one, physically, emotionally, intelligently. And yes, and that, that can add advantage. Add yeah, coordination. I mean, and that, that goes in with, you know, also the physical, but it, um, you know, that adds a whole other element to it as well. Yes, that child could rise up to the occasion, as you know, I did in, in many instances. Um, however, you know, looking back, hindsight 2020, maybe it wasn't always so great. You know, uh, Malcolm Gladwell wrote an amazing book called Outliers, uh, New York Times bestselling book. Not sure if you read it, but in there he talked about different um, intelligences and um, and different ways in which people become successful and uh, how they excel. And oftentimes it's the older child in a grade who excels because they are more advanced physically, emotionally, intelligently. Um, they become more popular, more dominant in sports, so on and so forth. So I believe that there are advantages to being the best in a league or on a team or in a grade where maybe you stand out rather than being the underdog and the weakest or the less intelligent or the less emotionally mature on a team or in a grade that you, you, you become a part of. So um, I think the advantages of staying within that age bracket outweigh the advantages of going into another, into another playing um in another another league or in another uh, higher bracket of age, so yeah, no, that's my I'm, point. So there, you, you brought up mul- multiple facets here. So there was a time when we did playups. This is going back to 2008 because you know we we had to take like those <laughs> those best pl- the best players off the top of let's say the the 12U division, so we could field a 14U division, you know and. We do. We had to do with the parents' permission, and the parents were generally okay with it. Um, but then, once we had the numbers, we we basically didn't go there. No one really asked us, and uh, the sport was still relatively new. Sport of lacrosse here, and, and you know, people people were still really very much learning the game. But then, you know, in <clears throat> just a couple of years, the, the questions started started to arise. Well, I you know, I'm, I'm just seeing my kids just dominating out there. And, you know, what, what, what do you think about him playing up in age division? And so the first time it was ever asked, it was, it was a reasonable request, we thought at the time, because this particular player, uh, we, you know, we go by age, not grade. So by the Board of Education cutoff, he was in a, a certain grade, but by the U.S. Lacrosse cutoff, he was at a certain age, and he missed the cutoff by one week to be at, in the older age group. So his father, reasonable guy, just said, hey, look, and he had a reasonable reason. It wasn't about his son being this stud player, and he was a very good player, but it was all about, hey, all his buddies are, you know, in the 14U division, and and, and he is in, in eighth grade. <laughs> um, would, you, would you let him play up? He only misses the cutoff for a week. And we sat there as a board, and we were like, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, sure. I don't, you know, why would that, why is that really an issue? Yeah, yeah, that's reasonable. Well, next thing you know, we get this deluge of, of other fathers now coming to us saying, you know, why does so-and-so get to play up? What's, what's, what's up with that? My, you know, my kid's as good as he is. Maybe he should be playing up, too. And so we thought as a board, you know, we just we just unwittingly and, and unintentionally invited this 
storm of parents, you know, inquiring about playing up, and, and it's like we opened up te- Pandora's box. So we decided as a board that we're, we're not going to do this again. You know, this is it. We're going to draw the line in the sand because, like you said, where, do, where does it end? Where do you draw the line? Oh, sorry about my voice, by the way. I had a lacrosse tournament on Sunday. Still recovering. But, you know, where, where do you draw the line? And, and it becomes such a subjective thing where, you know, let's face it, a lot of parents have unrealistic they have unrealistic views of how good their kid is. You know, everybody wants their kid to be great. It's human yeah. nature to think your kid just, is special. Just, just read your Facebook posts. <laughs> he is, he is legit good. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, so, so is Scarlett. But I'm not asking them to play up an age division, am I? <laughs> no, definitely um, not. Yeah, but whatever the case, yes. I mean, we're we're all we're all. You'll learn this one day when you reproduce. We're all a little bit tarnished by the love of our children, you know, in terms of our view of them. Um, sometimes it's the flip side, and, and, and you're too hard on them, and other times you, you think they're better than they are. But whatever the case, it really should be up to the coaches, I think, first and foremost. But secondly, there are, you know, back in the days when we were playing kids up out of for the sake of numbers, I rarely saw it go well. You know, I remember this mm. one player, Tommy, and you knew Tommy, I think. Mm-hmm. He did one of the first pro camps. Really great mm-hmm. kid. Very good player. I moved him up because we had too many kids in, it was U13 at the time, and not enough kids in U15. And so we moved him and a couple other players up. And they went from being exceptional to basically being average. I feel like I stifled their development that season for the sake mm-hmm. of the club. And I felt really badly about it. So, you know, while they may be stellar in one division, you move them up. There's a big difference, you know, in the development of these kids from one age to the next. Think about this, Steve. When you go as low as, say, 10U, just 11 months age difference, which you can see when you look at the U.S. lacrosse age breakdowns, there's a difference of age of 11%. Think about that. Mm, mm. Right? It's big, yeah. 11% doesn't sound like a lot, but it's big. It's huge. And what I tell I. You know, I do the same thing when people lose body fat. They lose, you know, I just had a girl today in a week and a half lose 5% body fat. And I told her, you know, if I took $100,000 of your money and I invested it and got you a 5% return in less than two weeks, would you be happy and satisfied? She's like, yeah, of course. I'm like, well, there you go. Now you got to be satisfied about losing that 5%. You know, we yeah. still got more to go, but it's a great return. And same thing, 11% is a lot it over – the age group. So yeah, it's huge. I mean, listen, rules are in play for a reason. You can apply this to anything in life. Um, there's always going to be people who want to bend the rules, break the rules, um, avoid the rules and, and do whatever they can to, to, to get through it. You know, I think it's important to maintain your integrity as a organization, as a company, as a coach, and you're in, you have those rules in play and it was a, Probably a, a you know a, a a you were you were not necessarily I think you know I think that you have to it has to be black and white when you play that role your board it was an it was an oversight that you you didn't really take into consideration the consequences of maybe other people being in, you know inspired or offended so yeah and 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 they were offended you know and and and. Uh... That's why it, it unfortunately has to be black and white. And, you know, what's interesting, this fall, and the reason I'm bringing it up, we got two boys' parents, one's in the 10U division, 
and one is in the 12U division. And we have two girls, two girls' parents, if you can believe it. Mm. Um, mm. They, they, one, one is in sixth grade. She is in the 12U division. She's league age 12. She's tall, though. You know, this girl mm. is probably 5'8 or 5'9. I mean, that's, mm. that's quite tall. And her father doesn't feel that she's challenged, and he wants her to play on the high school team. Mm, and we're sitting there yeah. like, she's sixth grade, league age 12. You know, and then mm. there's, there's another one who, um, it's not even a matter of size or even ability. This guy's coming out of left field wanting his daughter on the high school team as well. And, and it's just, you know, you just sit there and we're, you know, we have our policy. But I'll, I'll tell you our policy is this. The only play-ups that are allowed is if a certain age division doesn't have an option for a kid yes they can play up because what else are they going to do if they make the team so mm-hmm. for example austin my son there is no fall 10u division mm-hmm. so he was allowed to try out for the 12u division and he's allowed to do it because there is no 10u division not in the fall there will be in the spring and he made the team mm-hmm. um he legit made the actually there was other two Two other two other boys in uh, that are league age ten U that made that team as well. Um, I will tell you this though: when he's playing with his age in mm-hmm. the entire club, he's probably among the top four players out there. You know, he's pretty mm-hmm. he stands out. When he's on that twelve U team, he's he's overpowered a lot. Mm-hmm. He is a support player at best, and he's taking his lumps. You know. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so you see the huge difference. Whereas when he's on the tenu travel team, you know, he'll be he'll be one of the stronger players. You know, so that's just case in point. You know, Austin's big for his age. Mm-hmm. You know, so so. And I think the key word that I need to remind listeners is that he tried out. It wasn't that you you put him in there or other coach. He tried out legitimately and made it. So I think that's really important key keyword there. Yeah, and um, I, you know I, I remember going back to my own experience. This was in baseball, actually, in little league. Um, I made the all-star team in second grade. Okay, <laughs> and uh, we won the World Series. I was, I was on Little Jimmy's ices, <laughs> Little mm-hmm. Little Jimmy's, and we won the World Series. And <clears throat> probably remember Scott Byrne. You know, he and I were the mm-hmm. strongest players on that team, and. Uh, whatever coach made the decision, I think, I don't think, and I don't remember exactly, but you, 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 most kids don't move up to the, to the minors, especially smaller kids like me until fourth grade. I was moved up Mm -hmm. in third grade and I remember moving up and I hadn't really grown much from the year before. And, uh, I remember just being overwhelmed. Like I didn't really accomplish much that year. Um, I remember going against, do you remember a pitcher named, uh, Mark Benedetti? The guy threw yeah, like smoke. <laughs> yeah, know, so yeah, yeah. Going against Mark Benedetti, who is you know a full two years older than me, you know, throwing already 72 miles an hour. I'm just sitting there as a third grader, like, what the heck am I doing here? I just I was discouraged. I just thought, wow, I guess I really suck at baseball after all. You know, I thought I was pretty good at this sport. And then fourth grade came, and you know, I was legit age, and and then I realized, okay, well, you know, I was just in over my head that year, but all right, I'm still pretty good at baseball, but. I lived it. I experienced it, you know, and, and, you know, in hindsight, I put a, probably would have rather stay in the peewees for another season. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so I think pushing these kids, um, isn't necessarily in their best interest. Yeah, I, I would agree. 
Um, and I think that's very important to, to manage, you know, even, a a, a parent's expectations. Um, and you know, something came to mind that might be able to help the listeners, if they're coaches or uh, on boards and you and your board is having a, almost like a, like a parent coach conference, you know, where prior to the season or, uh, maybe during the season at some point having a, you know, a coach parent conference or an after practice parent conference where the coach just talks about some of the rules and the whys and the hows and so on and so forth. And maybe even like update the, the student, you know, I, I work with some kids, uh, and not kids, young adults, uh, that go to UCLA and they, cause UCLA is right in my neighborhood here. And, you know, there's some, some wealthy kids that go there and parents who are willing to expend the kind of money to have, uh, their child taken care of, uh, in their health and fitness. And I check in with them. I give them updates and reports, even though the, the, the client, you know, their son or daughter is doing well and they could probably see it and or hear it from them. I still check in with them, you know, because they're paying for it. So maybe that's a way for you to be able to do it and, and, and give them more to chew on and more to ruminate so that they don't get like this. I don't know if that's something that you would do and or do. Yeah, so we, we, we have parent meetings um, shortly into the season, usually in the first two weeks of the season. We um, We generally will – have a parent meeting of which maybe half show up, <laughs> right? Um, but we we do have the meetings and we set the expectation. We do talk about no playups unless no option exists for that child in his own age division. Um, we talk about um, all kinds of things, how to address the coaches, and to, you know when you have concerns, we have the 24-hour rule: let your emotions calm before addressing the coach. Let the coach's emotions calm. Um, you know, it's a whole set of guidelines and expectations: the role of the parent, the role of the coach, the role of the player. Um, we do that, and you know, you have the the club is approaching 300 kids strong now. You know, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna also pass 300 kids this year. And you know, as you grow, it's like the that number of you know the s- small number. You know, it always <laughs> those parents they always <laughs> they always seem to be disproportionately more than they are. You know, we're talking four parents in a season that. Uh, you know, included north of 200 kids this season. You know, so mm-hmm. it seems much a much greater issue. It's just that, you know, on our side, it's kind of human nature to sometimes believe that uh, there's a greater problem at hand because it's so much easier to let these people ruin your day, so to speak, <laughs> mm-hmm. and forget about all the good that's occurred throughout the course of the season, um, including – prosecuting a season in, in, in the face of a hurricane that set us back. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so, sure. so, you know, it's, it's, it, it's still just never, you know, it, it never, um, it never ceases to be an issue. And I just, I thought it was important to have a, uh, an episode about it to just get the information out there to see what, to let people know what our perspective is. And for the kids out there listening, you know, give yourself the opportunity to be the man, you know, or be the girl that is mm-hmm. the leader of that team that everybody looks to for a score when they need a score, or that makes everybody around them better, or that um, shows them the proper way to play the game and how it's done. Be a leader, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, why, why, why go to be 
just another cog and wheel because you're being forced to get challenged even more, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot more power and a lot more confidence building and a lot more uh, personality building when you are the leader, when you are the strongest, when you are the best, when you are, um, you know, one of the best. And, you know, that has, I think, a lot more value long term than being, like you said, a cog in the wheel. So um, I think if parents, people can really understand that, that is, I believe, a much better advantage for the athlete over the long term, not even just in athletics, but in just in life, yeah. you know, because then you learn how there's a lot of responsibility in that. And there's a lot of responsibility in being the best. There's a lot of responsibility in being looked up to because there are expectations that are bestowed upon you by your peers, uh, consciously and unconsciously, that you need to stand, you need to constantly, you have to consistently represent, you have to consistently play into that and you know it's um i think it's a really great advantage more so than being the the worst out of the youngest or the weakest on the team yeah you know i'll leave you with one last i'll leave you with one last living example it's for such a good point you know the maturity side of this uh we we both have a player that we're both very fond of you know when you come down here do the cans big boy tracy mm-hmm. right tracy yep tracy's uh an exceptional player the, uh, by the way, he's 6'2", 210 pounds now. Wow. <laughs> he, he's a freshman. He's a freshman. Wow. Yeah. Uh, his, his shot is frightening. But at any rate, um, last season, he so, – so for the summer season, he was actually still league age 14U, okay, mm. um, which would have been primarily an eighth-grade division. But, uh, you know, he did not we, – we just didn't end up uh, fielding the numbers – for that eighth grade division. So the guys that mm-hmm. were good enough, we invited them to come out and try out for the Space Coast Stingrays, which is a high school team. Uh, and, and Tracy was one of the players that was, you know, a, a rising freshman, graduated eighth grader that should have been in the 14U division that did indeed make the high school B team, which is kind of a JV squad. And I will tell you that uh, Tracy, while he obviously could physically do it and he had the skills and whatnot. Um, what, what, what set him back a little bit in the summer was the maturity side of it in terms of, um, being in that more regimented high school offense, high school level offense, less freewheeling, um, just a lot more, uh, discipline in the schemes. And, you know, we had to always, you know, keep, keep, keep tightening him up. And he, he wasn't the only one. I mean, we had, settled clears that some of the long poles weren't getting and um, a, a, a young goalie that, that had his own issues with policing the defense and whatnot. So you could just see the difference in these kids that probably would have benefited um, another year, you know, with, with kids their own age. Um, but they didn't have the option. So, you know, I, they made the team and they were legitimately belong there. Well, I look at Tracy now. He's on my uh, Space Coast Stingrays fall team. Not only did he make the team, well, this kid now has made not the JV squad, but the varsity squad as a mm. freshman. He's now a freshman. Nice. Right? And the difference in Tracy is that the physical ability is even better than it was in the summer. Like I said, 6'2", 210 pounds. But the mental side of it, this kid is dialed yeah. in. He yeah, is yeah, yeah. On, on point 
all the time. He's a leader. He, when the kids are messing around, he, he reins them in. Hey, coach is talking. At the end of every practice, he walks up to each coach and shakes their hand. Thank you, coach. Thank you, coach. Thank you, coach. It is, like, incredible to see the uh, mental development of, 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 this, of this boy. They call him a boy, but, God, he's huge, you know. It's just wonderful to see. So, um, like I said, I wish we would have had that eighth-grade team for guys like Tracy and, and a few others that probably could have used that. Uh, but, you know, in the end, I think that kind of is a shining example of why, you know, even if they're big enough and can shoot hard enough and can hit hard enough, it may not be the best idea to, to move them up if you can avoid it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And... I think that you, there's, you know, it's a, it's interesting you say how big he is. It's incredible. You know, today players are, you know, growing much faster and, and kids are bigger than they ever were. Um, but there's something beside that. Like, I mean, we, we hit on, and I, I want to end with this, is the emotional um, foundation to this all. A freshman is a freshman, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the mentality of a freshman. Like, they're like, they're knuckleheads, you know, and, <laughs> and, and eighth graders are even bigger knuckleheads. <laughs> yeah. And a junior is a junior or senior is much more advanced. It has much better sensibility about themselves and who they are. And uh, even in and around teamwork and leadership and whatnot. So I'm all for this. The standards are there. The rules are there for a reason. It's not to hold anybody back. And, um, I think that moving forward, I'm sure you are aware of this, that, you know, you just can't make this mistake. It's good that, you know, I, I say with every breakdown, there's a possibility for a breakthrough. Now you just have to stand your grounds a little bit more, maybe make it a little bit more clear to the parents moving forward so that regardless of age, even if it's within, you know, a day, you know, of the age bracket, you can't make an exception, you know, and use this as an example, how it backfired on you. Yeah, and, and and Tracy, I, w- I wouldn't say backfired. You know, I just I saw the difference in him, not physically, but mentally in comparison to the other guys. You yeah. know, and, and 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 now that he is at the age that he should be, um, it's just incredible how much how much uh, maturity uh, goes into the kid. And, and back to your point, the difference between a freshman and a junior. Let's go back and think of ourselves, Steve. So. We're freshmen. Well, let's say even I'm a sophomore, you're a freshman, because we were nine months apart, but a grade apart. So I'm a, I'm a sophomore, you're a freshman. What were we mostly concerned with? We, yes, we loved lacrosse. We were into lacrosse. Uh, but we were mostly concerned with becoming the next um, Tony Hawk and Mike McGill. We were yes. obsessed with skating and surfing and just all around goofballs. And girls, girls, of course, girls. But let's now fast forward to our junior and senior years. What are we more obsessed with? Training, working Sport, out, training, school, being the best that we can be, school, girls, really knowing, of course. But... <laughs> yeah. You know, like different. It, I mean, it's like a, it, you might as well have stuck us in a cocoon and we came out a completely different creature in those last two years versus who we were as eighth graders and freshmen in terms of our absolutely. priorities and all that, you know? Absolutely. So it's pretty comical. Yeah. Um, but, uh, hey, thank you for the talk. I appreciate it. You know, it's, it's, yeah. this, is, this is therapeutic for me a little bit because, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're very often an outsider looking in, then you come in and do the camps, and it's, you give us a, a fresh perspective all the time because you're not, you're not within it. You're kind, of, you're, you're kind of hovering around it, part of it, but, awesome. but not, like, caught up in the details of it, you know? 
Yeah, no, no doubt. And I appreciate that um, acknowledgement because I sometimes do feel a little out, um, but I feel I, you know, I know I add value, um, you know, it's perspective really. And it hopefully people who are listening can appreciate that and can uh, jive with some of that perspective because it's, it's meaningful, it's authentic and it's real. So we're just doing our best to give the best advice and, you know, from our knowledge and experiences we've had. Yes, and we've had a lot of them. <laughs> Great to Certainly talk to you again, have. as always, sir. Always. Take care, Lax lovers. Thanks for listening to us, as always. Lax on.